Something is bubbling among women today. Women crave honest stories that entertain, motivate, and move them. Women want reinforcement that they are not alone in feeling the way that they do and that they can feel good about their prospects. Stories and Strategies for Women podcast will share riveting stories about amazing women. I'm your host, Claudine Walk. A good story well told is powerful. A good story can motivate. A good story can inspire action. We are excited to welcome a new sponsor. Thriftbooks.com is a cool way for you to buy your favorite books. If you're like me, you want a book in your hands when you read, or maybe you simply want to buy your favorite books to place on your shelf, but you don't want to pay full price. Thriftbooks has the answer. Search used books at their online site, thriftbooks.com. Books are reasonably priced, plus each purchase adds credits to your account, which you can apply to future purchases in their Reading Rewards program. You may even have enough credit for a free book. The nicest part is that you don't have to keep track. Thriftbooks keeps track for you and lets you know right at the point of purchase that credits are available for your use to apply on the spot. There's a link to thriftbooks.com in the show notes. Or click the ad on my website, ClaudineWalk.com. Welcome to Stories and Strategies for Women. I'm your host, Claudine Walk. Today, we're going to talk about purging. No, not purging yourself, but purging your stuff. It's the new year. Well, kind of the new year, early enough for me. And I started to purge my closet. A lot of people call it organizing or decluttering, but it felt so good to be going through things and to get rid of them or donate them that it got me thinking, why does this feel so good? Is it just because you feel like you accomplished something? Is it because you can suddenly see the things in your closet? Is it because you simply enjoyed touching the things that have been in your life for a while and you were thinking about what they reminded you of? Why is it that decluttering feels so good? I did a little research, and I thought I would share what I found with you guys. I also asked an expert, Lori Palau, who's been one of our guests before on Stories and Strategies for Women, to answer a few questions to help us to get started a little later in the podcast. Also, let me know why you like to purge your stuff as a comment on my blog post on the subject at ClaudineWalk.com, on Facebook, or on Instagram at ClaudineWalk. In thinking about why purging feels so good, I remembered this book that had been out a long time ago, and it was called, Does This Clutter Make My Butt Look Fat? At the time, in 2008, I just thought it was a great title, so that was enough for me to read it. It was written by a guy named Peter Walsh, and he had this theory that when your life is cluttered, you'll eat more. So it was kind of relating clutter with overeating. I must have picked this book up at Book Expo America because it's actually signed by the author, but that's a story for another day. In this book, Does This Clutter Make My Butt Look Fat? Peter Walsh writes, clear out the junk, and in doing so, clear out the patterns of thought and behavior that prevent you from living the life you want. And then this, I've said it before and I'll say it again, clutter gets in the way of living the life you want. It makes it hard to breathe. It makes it hard to move. It makes it hard to see clearly. It makes it hard to focus and stay motivated. You have to clean outside to get clean inside. End of quote. 
Mr. Peter Walsh might be onto something here. Mr. Walsh also says in his book to stop multitasking. You know, I've been hearing a lot about this lately. It used to be a skill that was attributed to women and that it was a good thing. But now it seems like it's more of a hindrance than a help. The idea is that you're, if you're multitasking, you're not focusing on one thing at a time and doing it well. Something to think about. But back to clutter. So Mr. Walsh also describes clutter or keeping things cluttered as a habit that needs to be broken. He might be right there. I tend to think that we have so many things that we have to do. We have so many little tasks on our list to bring in the mail, for example. You get the mail and then you put it on the counter and then you get back to all the other stuff you have to do and then you never get back to putting the mail away. Basically, you're not assessing enough worth or giving enough importance to the task of putting the mail away or dealing with the mail. That makes sense, right? I had a gal I used to work with. She was actually a colleague. And we got to talking about how to handle the to-do list. I don't know if you remember a guest that we had on Stories and Strategies for Women, Marissa Polselli. And she's been a guest a few times. She said she doesn't call it a to-do list. She calls it the to-da list, which I love. But in any case, this other colleague of mine was saying that she put the most mundane tasks on her to-do list. And that way, not only would the task get done... I mean, let's say it's something as mundane as laundry or even as specific as folding laundry, but you'll have a sense of accomplishment and seeing it done, you kind of get credit for it and you start that task to be considered as a part of your day. It helps a little bit to get things done, putting a little bit of value on those tasks that we kind of do mindlessly. The little tasks that keep you organized take time, don't they? They deserve a spot on your list. So it's really just kind of a looking at it a different way. It really changed my life to, to start putting those mundane tasks on my to-do list because then I, I never got to the end of the day thinking, I didn't do anything, did I? Well, yeah, I did a lot of things. I just, they weren't making them to my list. I have another girlfriend who has an organizing company and she wrote a couple books as well. Her book was titled Absolutely Organized. Debbie Lillard is her name. She was a professional organizer as well. And her idea with mail, was don't even bring junk mail into the house. Throw it away before you even get into the house. Now that is a good tip. In my quest to figure out why I was so excited to start purging and why it did physically make me feel better after I did it, I found an article, and I'll put the link in the show notes. It's titled, The Powerful Psychology Behind Cleanliness, written by Ralph Ryback, R. Y-B-A-C-K. And it was part of the Psychology Today website. He writes, in 2011, researchers at Princeton University found that clutter can actually make it more difficult to focus on a particular task. Specifically, they found that the visual cortex can be overwhelmed by task-irrelevant objects, making it harder to allocate attention and complete tasks efficiently. Now, see, that makes sense to me. I feel like I can think a whole lot better when things are organized, almost as if when it's cluttered, I can't focus on anything else but the clutter. Does that make sense? To know that there's a part of the brain that actually gets overwhelmed makes a lot of sense. Also, in the article, Mr. Ryback writes, quote, The human body is made up of tens of thousands of integrated biological and neural chemical systems all of which are organized. 
It would not be surprising then if the reason we crave symmetry and cleanliness in our homes is to mirror the organization within our very own bodies. Neatness and order support health. End quote. I'll post the whole article in the show, but I think we're on to something here. I brought in Lori Palau, expert organizer and author, to answer a few more questions about purging stuff and how to get started. We have an organizing expert today to help us with this. Lori Palau is the podcast host of This Organized Life. She's the author of Hot Mess, A Practical Guide to Getting Organized, and the creator of SBO Partnership Program. Thank you for being with us, Lori. I am very excited to be here. Thanks so much, Claudine. All right. So you're an expert. So here's the deal. It's We're starting the new year, and I just have this overwhelming desire to purge um, things, stuff. I should be careful when I say that, right? Um, <laughs> they're going to think it's a whole different podcast. But so purge things, purge stuff. So I'm wondering, I was wondering to myself, where does this desire come from? Why am I so excited about doing this? And then for people who aren't motivated to do it, how do you get motivated? And then most importantly, how do you start? Oh my gosh, such great questions. All right, let's take it one by one. Okay. So the first question that you asked is beginning of the new year, why now? right? Why back in November was I like had no interest and now I'm like, now's the time. I think that we have this internal clock within us that says there's a couple times of the year that we do a reset. And January naturally is one of them because of the calendar year. Another big common time, especially for people who are listening that might be moms, is that September when the kids go back to school at like you know, Labor Day. And even people who don't have kids at home, you know, sometimes we take things down a notch in the summer. We let things go, whether it comes to meal planning and your house because it's nice and you're at the beach or you're here or there. And I think, you know, once September rolls around, we're like, okay, let's tighten our bootstraps and kind of like get back on a routine. And so knowing that we, you know, internally have those areas or those times of the year that it's like, okay, let's let's hit the reset button. We naturally just start to go in those particular places. Now that yes, there are some people that are that don't feel that way. But more often than not, and let's be honest, there's also a ton of marketing. You know, January has been deemed you know national get organized month. <laughs> yeah, it might so, be it. yeah. So again, you're not only getting it from kind of internally in the way that you've been raised, but we're, excuse me, we're getting from the outside in. We're getting people telling us this is what you should be doing. And so whether it's on social media or when you're in the grocery store or Bed Bath & Beyond or wherever, I'm sorry, I'm not like <laughs> plugging or, or shaming no, any no. of these places, but I think, you know, we're just, we just are getting it from every single angle. So it starts to be like, oh, I really should be thinking about this. Um, so I think that is kind of the first answer to your question. For the people that maybe are not is intrinsically motivated. And that's always a slippery slope. And I do a lot of work. Um, you and I were talking kind of before we started rolling about, you know, some of the work that I'm doing specifically now, which has to do a lot with 
individual personality types and the role that motivation plays. You have some people that are really motivated to do things. And that can apply to anything. It can apply to exercise. It can apply to eating healthy. It, You name it. It's like, I'm going to do this. And I am internally motivated to make these changes. And then you have a lot of people that are like, this would be nice, but I just don't have that internal drive. I need a coach. I need somebody, an accountability partner. I need these other things to motivate me. I I don't know about you, but there's been like a million times where I've talked to people and even myself where it's like, I don't want to clean that guest room, but then somebody's coming over and all of a sudden we can, something that we've been procrastinating for months on end, we're able to do like in a couple hours. So that comes from that outer, like that, that motivation, the motivation isn't necessarily from yourself, but like, oh, somebody's coming or fill in the blank. That's what I need it. So a lot of people you know, will shame themselves for not, I should do this. And what I try to do in the work that I'm doing, and especially with the new project that I'm working on, is eliminate or reduce that level of shame and say, let's just call it on the line. Like clutter's emotional. Getting organized is cathartic for people, which at the end of the day becomes emotional And we spend so much time focusing in on the physical, the how-to, like here are our steps, which is great because we all need a roadmap. But at the end of the day, if you don't address that emotional component of why, like the why we're doing what we're doing, we are kind of doomed to necessarily repeat unhealthy behavior and patterns. Got it. Okay. Um, And so when you do decide to finally organize something. And I think what you said is true. When you've got like a whole room, I think the idea of it, it's so overwhelming that you're like, I don't even want to get started. But then when you absolutely have to do it because someone's yes. coming or whatever and you have to clear it out, then it's like you find a way to magically get it done in two hours. So Right. And it doesn't always mean that that's the most sustainable way or the best way for you. I don't believe that there's a one right way to do anything. Just like I don't believe there's one, you should just be paleo or you should just be vegan or you should just be whatever, you know, unless somebody tells me that there's a pizza diet and I'm all in. <laughs> but I <laughs> right. but I do think that you have to find what works with you. That's going to be sustainable. And, um, and we want, whenever I talk to people about organizing, whether you're doing that extra boost reset in January or the beginning of the year, or you're doing like a spring cleaning or you're, you know, I think it's okay to have these like bursts throughout the year. Um, I think it's healthy to kind of, again, get us back on track. But the goal, at least my goal with when I work with people is to try to incorporate the day-to-day as part of your lifestyle. Like this is just something that we do as opposed to let's just shove it in the proverbial drawer closet basement, attic, garage, and not deal with it until this time. Because then when January rolls around, you're staring down the barrel at this overwhelming mountain of stuff. And we don't want that. We want it to be that you've been keeping track, keeping on top of it, keeping on top of it. And then we just do that extra like boost. I don't know if you've ever had like a 
like one of those old time like hand mixer blenders, like not a KitchenAid stand up one. But no, like the, I still the do. Old, yeah. Like I know the exactly Oster what ones, you're talking. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I have one that my mom had given me years ago, I think when I got married. And, you know, it has the settings and you're yeah mixing your stuff and then it had this like little button that would give an extra little boost you know and you could just do it and it would give that extra little at the end when you just want to do that last minute whip you know right and that's what i try to get people to rethink of when you're talking about those trigger points in the calendar year you know as opposed to saying okay you're not just going to come in there and have you know brownie mix and just hit that boost button because everything's just going to go everywhere. You have to slowly be nurturing it throughout. And then you just like kick it into high gear at the end. And that's really how I try to approach the organizing process for people. Got it. Okay. And the last question I'm going to let you go. If I, yeah. let, let's say I'm looking at my closet and I, I just don't even know where to start. What, how, where should I start? Give me a starting point. Tell so, me, tell me what to do, Lori. Okay. So the first, so I'm going to say, couple things. Number one, you want to start small. Don't tackle the whole space at once because once you do that, it's just the whole process is overwhelming. So take a section. Okay. So if you're looking at your closet, you could say, I'm going to do my shoes or I'm going to do this hanging bar, you know, this section, this bulk of sweaters, like take it into a manageable thing that you could pretty much say, I'm going to see this through from start to this section from start to finish. So if you're like, I'm going to take this shelf of sweaters and just navigate these sweaters. And maybe there's 10 sweaters shoved in and you really should only have five, you know, just make those. So again, start small. That's the pick a a specific area. Um, Second is I use what I call the ESP method, which is my empty sort purge. So you empty that space. So you're working with a clean slate. Um, You sort it and the sort, you go into four different piles, your keep pile, which is what you're going to keep in that space. That's like keeping currently in that space, your donate pile, which is obvious something that's in good shape, but you're no longer using, wearing, whatever. So donate, recycle, which is you're going to get rid of it because it's got whole stains, not worth donating. You're going to just completely toss it. And the fourth one is your relocate pile. And your relocate pile means I'm going to keep this, but I'm not keeping it here. That could mean, and again, this is a whole other show, but you're going to say, like, what do you do with the relocate pile? The relocate pile means maybe it's out of season and I'm storing it somewhere else. Maybe it's memorabilia. Maybe it's you want to hold on to it because there was some sentimental reason you, you know, your kid's christening gown, something of, of importance. So, but it doesn't need to live in that space. Or maybe you were, you know, I see this a lot, especially again, if you're, if you're dealing with people who may have kids at home, you know, sometimes your kids could be like fighting with a Nerf gun and you grab it and you stick it in the, you know, in that space. It doesn't need to live there, but you're going to relocate it to its proper home. So once you can do that, sorting those four piles, then your keep piles much more manageable. And then it makes it really easy to organize. So I think, again, your three things, start small, do your ESP, 
and sort your four piles. Love it. Thank you so much, because that that hopefully will get us started. Uh, You mentioned a little project you're working on. Did you want to give a little teaser to what's coming up with Lori Palau? Sure, I will. So um, I've been, for the past, gosh, going on almost four years, I've been working on understanding the connection points between different personality types and clutter, specifically through this framework called the Enneagram. And the Enneagram, um, it has nine different, a lot of people might be familiar with like Myers-Briggs and strength binders and disc and all that. Um, And this is another personality typology to kind of understand who you are, but what it looks at, as opposed to looking at the behavior is it looks at your motivation. So it looks at the why behind the behavior. Nice. So I, there's a, because of the work that I've been doing all these years for the past decade has really been looking at the why behind your clutter. So it, again, is a natural um, integration. And so it's, I've been geeking out over it and putting together a framework and now we're turning into a book. So stay tuned. That's awesome. Stay tuned on that with more details to follow, but um, you heard it here. So now that I've said it, I, I love back. it. Oh, there you go. <laughs> exactly. We'll have you back for a summary of that book. Can't wait for Absolutely. that to come out. Yes, Very good. Sure. And you can find Lori at her website for more information. And also the techniques that she just talked about are in her book, Hot Mess, A Practical Guide to Getting Organized. And her website is simplybeorganized.com. And it's just B, the letter B. Yes, that's correct. Thank you so much, Lori, for being with us. We really appreciate your time. Thank you. You're listening to Stories and Strategies for Women podcast. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave us a review. Visit me at my website, ClaudineWalk.com. Drop me a note on Instagram at ClaudineWalk. Thank you for listening. We will see you next time.